Morning prayer begins on page three. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Vanity, Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved for this generation, and said, It is the people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 48, on page 399. Great is the Lord, and highly to be praised, in the city of our God, even upon his holy hill. The hill, the, hill of Zion. Zion. the hill of Zion is a fair place, and the joy of the whole earth. Upon the north side lies the city of the great king. God is well known in her palaces as a sure refuge. Below the kings of the earth were gathered and gone by together. They marveled to see such things. They were astonished and suddenly cast down. Fear came there upon them in sorrow as upon a woman in her travail. Thou dost break the ships of the sea through the east wind. Like as we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God. God upholdeth the same forever. We wait for thy loving kindness, O, Lord, o God, in the midst of thy temple. O God, according to thy name, so is thy praise unto the world's end. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let the Mount Sion rejoice, and the daughters of Judah be glad, because of thy judgments. Walk about Sion, go round about her, and tell the towers thereof. Mark well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that ye may tell them that come after. For this God is our God for ever and ever. He shall be our guide unto death. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the second chapter of the second book of Kings. And it came to pass, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven 
by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. And he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, <coughs> this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Here ends the first lesson. Benedictus S on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the seventh verse of the ninth chapter of 1 Corinthians. Whoever goes to war at his own expense, 
Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit? Or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? Do I say these things as a mere man? Or does not the law say the same also? For it, it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? Or does he say it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. But I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so to me. For it would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest... When I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Here ends the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life 
And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> o Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty God, who has committed to the hands of men the ministry of reconciliation, we humbly beseech thee by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit to put it into the hearts of many to offer themselves for this ministry, that thereby mankind may be drawn to thy blessed kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, and all the assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. This is the second of the autumnal ember days, uh, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday of this week. And these are days we pray for uh, vocations to holy orders, and also should be seen as a more general day for the renewal of the whole church, for when the whole church is renewed, you know, holy orders tend to emerge, people called to ministry tend to emerge from that renewal. Uh, in our lessons today, the psalm is interesting uh, to meditate on in that it is a kind of a, a reflection on um, the praise of the hill of Zion, go about Jerusalem, look at her, 
mark her bulwarks, you know, and, and praise God for his temple. And we think about this in New Testament terms where the temple is now not the building, but, but the people. And so when we marvel about what God is doing, you know, sometimes people mistake this in, in, the, in Christian circles where they go look at beautiful church buildings, go look how beautiful this is. But that's, that's um, appropriate as a symbol of, you know, heaven that helps us in our engagement and worship enter in. But the thing we should marvel at really is what God is doing in the people to build, uh, as St. Peter says, live, we as living stones are being fit together in a spiritual house to offer praises to the Lord. And we see what God is doing in the lives of people. That's what we should walk around and marvel about. The Elijah story um, with the succession to Elisha, it's not common in the prophets that they have a successor. The writing prophets, um, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, these, they, they sort of are people who the word of the Lord came to and they had a specific ministry. But Elijah and Elisha are, are in a particular historical period of Israel where they're, they're appointed to sort of uh, eradicate the Baal cult in northern Israel in the 800s. And so Elijah uh, goes away and Elisha finishes the work of, 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 that, of that renewal. But this does remind us in ministry and <clears throat> in the church that we always are, are um, both carrying out ministry and hopefully training others, appointing others to follow after us. And, and healthy ministry always has a succession, always is looking not to build a territory for itself, but to um, influence others and raise up other leaders so that when the person who starts it, you know, has to go away, the, the thing itself carries on. Um, and it also harkens to the idea of apostolic succession, where this idea of, of authority in the ch- authority in the church coming down from Christ through the apostles and the bishops, <clears throat> the stand that line of succession that that they they hold on to that authority down, and there there's uh, a stewardship and um, you know uh, a, a thing that's received from the past doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes. It, it it's it comes from Christ, and that's what we we as a church have this um, life that stems from that apostolic life that that's handed down to the ages through us. And lastly, Saint Paul. Uh, it's an interesting chapter because he's talking. It's it's a curious uh, have to defend. him, his opponents in Corinth seem to criticize him for that. So his argument here is that um, he has a right to do that. He establishes here that those who preach the gospel should make their living from the gospel. And this is, you know, so that there's clearly no problem with someone ministry being supported by, by the ministry. And, and St. Paul says, and I am an apostle and I have a right to take money from you. But he says, I haven't used that right. Um, because he he just he thinks it's better for the progress of the gospel in this particular place not to take money from them, and he does take money from other people. Like the, the whole letter to the Philippians is a a, a thank you letter in, in essence for a gift that the Philippians gave to him. But in order not to cause offense to the gospel, he's not taking any money here. But he says something interesting, which 
that she says, if I, um, if I do this willingly, I have a reward, but, but if, if unwillingly, then I'm, I'm, I'm under compulsion. And this is speaking to his conversion of Damascus Road. St. Paul did not say, yeah, I think I want to go and be a missionary around the world. Rather, Jesus stopped him on the road and said, hey, this is what you're going to do. And, and so St. Paul had a vocation. He accepted his vocation, embraced it, and, and carried it out. But that's what he means. That like he, no, this is something that was given to him. And, and I feel like this is a good way to discern our own use of gifts. Um, the difference between vocation and doing something for a reward in the church is really significant. Even if you get compensation for it, true ministry is always vocational. That is, I feel like I have a sense of gift. I carry out this gift in the church. Other people respond to, to what is done, and I do it for that reason. And it, you know, the compensation comes. That's different than, hey, can I get a job? How much will you pay me to do this? And then I do this. Okay, now you give me that. That true vocation operates independent of the reward, which is not the same. It doesn't get rewarded. But, it, but, and this is what we should look at in our use of gifts, that we use our gifts with a sense of vocation to serve God and others with our gifts. And sometimes, you know, in some positions, there might be some compensation for that. In other positions, there might be some, you know, times there might be uh, compliments and, and honor for that. But sometimes there won't be anything for that. Sometimes there'll be complaints and dishonor for that. But if you truly have a sense of vocation, you'll continue to do it because you know God has called you to do that. That's good to think about in the ember days and the renewal of the church. What is our what are our gifts and callings and how do we do that with our whole heart uh, as unto God and not just for a reward? We'll finish morning prayer this morning with the intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all the relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. Pause for people to remember their intercessions. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, one about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good with you all.
on Ember Friday. See you all, or some of you on Sunday, where we'll celebrate the Feast of St. Matthew. Bye. Thank you, Bishop. Bye. Bye. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.